One of my favorite things about being at Alfred Street is the power of the preached word. And I've been compiling a list in my work of gratitude. I've been thinking of ways to thank God. And so I have an Alfred Street list. And on my Alfred Street list, there is the name, the Reverend Latasha Morgan. Reverend Morgan is relatively new to our staff. She is assistant to the pastor for counseling, and she has already made a tremendous impact on the life of this church. Yeah. Providing a much needed service to the family of God, providing counseling with a godly perspective, and supporting all of the ministries here with training as well. And if you haven't heard her preach, you are about to receive a blessing from the Lord. She is an anointed and powerful preacher and will bring the word tonight. So we are going to pray with her and welcome her as she comes to the pulpit tonight. God bless you, Reverend Morgan. And now it's time to give. Woo! We are so glad to be able to give back to God a small portion of what God has given us. What a delight to be able to say to God, thank you for all of the many ways you've blessed me, for all of the things that I don't deserve. Here's a small part of what you have given me. And so as the ushers come, we want to raise our offering in our right hand if we are holding it. If we're giving online, we'll raise our right hand, symbolizing that we're giving to God what is right and never what is left over. Let us pray. Good evening, Alfred Street. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The choir just said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That was your cue. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. I am redeemed. Brought with a price, hallelujah. I am redeemed, and I don't know about you, but that is good news to me. Blessed be the name of Jesus, hallelujah! Hallelujah. First and foremost, I give all honor and praise to God who does all things well give honor to the pastors that I have the privilege of serving, Reverend Dr. Howard John Wesley, and with his permission, I stand in, at this sacred desk on this evening. I give honor to my pastor, Reverend Dr. Robin A. Tugood II, to the clergy members of the gospel that I share and do this work with, and to the people of God that I am assigned. This month, we are looking at caring for the gifts of God. We have had amazing messages from our pastor, prolific messages by the associate staff, and then they called me. <laughs> Bless the name of the Lord. <laughs> and so we're going to look on this evening at a few verses in the book of Lamentations. 
Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. And if I have to, you may stand for the reading of the word. And if I have to leave a thought with you on this evening, I leave this title, I Almost Forgot. The word of God reads, yet this I call to my mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new. Oh, that's happy for somebody. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You may be seated. God, I have prepared and I have studied I even have a manuscript, but I invite you to have your way on this evening. And if it's not on my manuscript, then you place it in my mouth. Have your way, oh God. Amen. May I share some statistics with you? According to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, one in five people are affected by mental illness in some way. According to a 2016 study by the Schaefer Institute, 70% of the responding pastors fight depression. 71% of them are burned out. 72% only study the Bible when it's time to preach a sermon. 80% of them feel that pastoring has negatively impacted their families. 70% say that they don't have a close friend. And 80% of seminary students leave the ministry in five years. Now, I know that these are numbers from just one study. However, many studies confirm similar sentiments and similar numbers. And if we're going to have an honest conversation on this evening, sadly, mental illness still is often stigmatized in our society and in our church in a way that other disabilities are not. If pastors, ministers, and church leaders are leading, serving, and guiding churches while battling, often in secrecy, major depression, they are ridden with anxiety, they are worried and dealing with complex grief and other mental health issues, then the question becomes, what issues are the parishioners who attend, worship, praise, and serve right along with that pastor dealing with themselves? As we focus on the theme for the month, caring for the gifts of God, it is imperative that we offer a response instead of reinforcing the stigma that exists around this matter. We have to help change the narrative to one that eliminates stigma, integrates and embraces the importance, the significance, and the value of mental health. 
When thinking about the integration of psychology and mental health and theology, we look for the relationship and commonality between these three themes. Scripture highlights a surprising number of descriptions of people with the signs and symptoms associated with a mental illness. Did you know that? Got to read that word. Current day research reiterates the prevalent struggle that still exists with mental illness right in the pews of our churches. Many pastors recognize issues are being, are being more complicated than simply just praying away a mental illness. We can no longer offer that as a prescription, just pray about it. Many are embracing the ideals that include the combined effort of prayer and a prescription, theology and therapy, and the cross and a couch as solid treatment options. This brings me to our text on this evening. I am so thankful that my Bible, in my Bible, I can see a clear example of somebody struggling. I can see a clear example of somebody that is in the struggle with me. Someone that speaks like I speak when I am in a dark place. Someone who describes where I went when I went to a dark place. I'm so glad that I can look in the Word of God and see me. And so Lamentations is a passionate expression of anguish, grief, depression, and anxiety all rolled up in one. Its literal Hebrew translation means how. How. A question that many of us can relate to. How did this happen? How did things end up this way? Lord, how much more can I handle? How much more, Lord? How, how, how? Lamentations helps us with this month's theme, caring for the gifts of God, by aiding us to take a pause for a mental check. You know, it's August, it's time for the children to go back to school. We probably have already had our physical examinations, our dental and eye examinations for the year, but there is one appointment that many of us have never made. We've never made an appointment for a therapist just to check in on our mental well-being. We've never went in the office of someone that we can sit down on a couch in a confidential situation and be able to share the matters of our heart. It's time for a mental check-in. Lamentations is a compassionate and responsive book to God's people. In this book, the author, whose scholars deem as being the prophet Jeremiah, deals with a common human concern. And that concern is grief. Starting with chapter one, readers will find verse after verse after verse of sorrowful expressions. One commentary put it this way, Lamentations describes the funeral of a city not just one person, 
but the funeral, the death of a city. Can you imagine the anguish and grief that one man who was the prophet of the, to that city have to sit and face and realize that this is his reality? And it gets like that for us in our own lives if we think about it. As we try to navigate the vicissitudes that it brings us from day to day, it seems that there are times that it is one thing after another. It's not enough time to even come up for air. It's not enough time to recover. And we still have this question, how do I handle this? But I love Jeremiah because almost in an instant, I mean literally right in the middle almost of this chapter, there's 66 verses in this chapter, and almost right in the middle of the chapter, Jeremiah's tone changes. And this helps us to understand that life comes with some peaks and it comes with some valleys and that God will allow us some leeway to grieve. He'll give us some time to question and analyze the small speck of life that we see, the small speck that we are experiencing and understand from our point of view. He can do this because he knows all, and his knowledge spans beyond my human understanding. He is God. And he can do what no other power can do. We also understand that no matter what it feels like or what it looks like, we won't labor long when sorrows come. Because at some point, those sorrows will lift. And just like Jeremiah's tone changed right in the middle of a situation, so can ours. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God is an on-time God. And that might sound a little cliche-ish for somebody, but if you've ever been in a dark place, if you've ever been in a place of despair, if you've been in a place where you didn't know how you were going to come out, that is good news for you that God is an on-time God. And he may not come when I want him to come, but it is sure enough a guarantee that he will show up on time. And so by the time we get to chapter three in the book of Jeremiah, by the time we get to verse 21, Jeremiah says, again, almost in the middle of the chapter, in the middle of his reality and his present situation, it was as if he had a joke that just happened and he said to himself, wait a minute, I almost forgot who I'm talking about. I almost forgot who I'm talking to. He goes on to say, this I recall to my mind. This, this, this word recall or remember or recount or to have a memory of a fact, and just let me tell you about the word fact. The word fact is significant to the word recall because it represents something that you can tell somebody else about. 
It's something that you actually experience. This is not secondhand information. This is not a bad game of telephone when the message started out one way and ended up somewhere, some other kind of way. This is something that I know something about. So he says, you, you've got to recall when you're feeling some kind of way about a situation that has happened in your life, you've got to recall. Well, preacher, what are you recalling? Well, you recall the facts of God. You recall what God has done in your life. You recall what he has managed to do before. So he says, I, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. So recalling the facts about God gives us the strength and it gives us the power in a weakened situation. Oh, there is power in the ability to be able to recall and recollect. This book shows us that Jeremiah's state of mind changes when he stops ruminating in what he sees and begins to look at and recall what the Lord has done. That's a word for somebody right there. Instead of looking at and focusing on what you've been through and what's happening to you and what your current situation is, you ought to begin to think about the goodness of God. Oh, somebody wrote it like this, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, I thank God for saving me. Oh, somebody ought to just get somewhere and start remembering what God has done. You ought to get somewhere and remember how God has brought you out. You ought to get somewhere and remember how God has pulled you through. And that yes, late in the midnight hour, when all you could do was cry out, and you didn't know who in the world you were crying to, God showed up on the scene and wiped your tears away. God showed up on the scene and told you it was going to be okay. God showed up and encouraged your soul. When I think about, when I think about, when I think about what the Lord has done for me, when I think about it, I have hope. Hope is not an escape from the reality, but it is a strong and confident certainty that what God said, he sure enough will do. And how do we know this? Because of what he's done before. So Jeremiah says we've got to recall the facts about him based on who he is and what he's done. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. And now he takes it a step further. It is because of the Lord's mercies, my God. Not getting what we really and truly deserve, mercy. Even the worst of what we think is bad, it's not as bad as it should be. Because of his mercies, we are not consumed. 
We really should have been consumed. We should have been eaten up. We should have been swallowed up. We should have been devoured. We should have been expended by our own actions and by those plans and traps that were set up for us by the enemy. We should have, but mercy. And all of this is then wrapped up in his compassion and love for us. His love, his concern, his mercies fail us not. And because he is God, he cannot fail. There is no failure in God. If he said that he would bring it to pass, his word will not return void. Therefore, our mer- his mercy toward us is renewed every morning. My pastor says to, to our congregation, he says, I, I don't know about you, but by the time I have gone through a day, I have used up every single solitary drop of my mercy. <laughs> I can't wait till 1201 strikes or whenever, it turn, whenever the clock turns for the Lord, because I need to start over and I need to be replenished because life comes at us sometimes We don't know if it's coming from the left or the right. Sometimes it feels like it's coming from the top and the bottom at the same time. But the Lord's mercy. And then the gears shift again. Jeremiah in all of his distress, his anguish, his toiling, his turmoil, his sadness... He then was able to declare, great is thy faithfulness. (laughs) Somebody ought to be declaring like Jeremiah did, great is thy faithfulness, and then start recalling to your mind. I mean, you would have a praise party all by yourself. I mean, we would just have to start moving pews out of the way if you really just begin to put the two together. If you begin to let them marinate and work together, great is thy faithfulness. And then I begin to think about my God. Put the two together and allow them to work in you in a way that pulls you out of a dark place. Yeah, you can come sit on my couch, but I'm going to tell you this first. God is too good. God is too amazing. God is too faithful. God is too awesome. To, not, to allow you to walk around thinking that you don't have a purpose, to think that you don't have a destiny, to feel like you don't have a place, to be heavy loaded with burdens and cares and sorrows and situations that really are temporary. God is too wonderful. And then I'll begin a whole CBT treatment plan for you and we'll work through the work But the common theme of our session will be that God is. So in those moments, when you said, I am too weak, remember this, and don't forget, because it sounds like you forgot that God 
stands up strong when I'm weak. When I said I am too sick, I am too hurt, I am too broken in my mind, my body, and my spirit, I almost forgot that God said, by his stripes I am healed. When I said that I am lonely and I can't do this by myself, I almost forgot that I didn't have to do it by myself. Because God said, I will send you a comforter. And God said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when I think that my future is over because my past has caught up with me, and I think that because I have made this mistake, I almost forgot what you said, God. I know the plans that I have for your life. Plans for the good and not disaster. Plans to give us a future and an expected end. When I am too low and can't get up from my low place, I almost forgot you know a little something about low places. That you've been there and you've done that before, God. And if you can do it again, because the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun, surely you can do it again. Surely he can do it again. I almost forgot that you are God and God alone who sent his only begotten son to walk through this earth, to be accused, to be beaten and tortured for my sins and to hang on a rugged cross that declared me guiltless from crimes surely I committed. And in the end of it all, you decided, he decided to die just for me. So when you begin to have these moments and you begin to wonder where God is, and you begin to ask those questions how, and you begin to question your purpose, your destiny, your, the reason for your why, you just remember that yes, one Friday, on a hill called Calvary, my Lord. On one Friday, with a little bit of help from a great black man, Jesus walked the Via Dolorosa. On one Friday, he made his way with cross in his arms all the way to the top of Calvary's hill. And where they thought that they got him, he got up there. Where they thought he had him, he said, I lay down my life that you don't get the opportunity to say, you got me. But he got up on a cross and allowed nails to be driven through his hands. He allowed nails to be driven through his feet. He allowed lashes to, to happen to his body, all because he loved you and me. And somebody said that he stayed on that cross crying out to his father, asking for a drink of water. Oh, you know the seven last words. You've been to a service. He stayed on that cross through it all. And it wasn't until he decided that it was time, that the job had been finished, 
and they put him in a borrowed tomb. I mean, our Jesus is so good that he, he, he got a tomb that he knew he wouldn't even need for much, long, for much a long time. He got a rental agreement on the tomb, went in and did some renovations, went down to hell and got the keys, handled some situations that was happening, stayed in the grave all day Saturday, stayed in the grave all night Saturday, and then one old preacher just happened to remember it like this, early on Sunday morning, early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand, and the power that he has in his hand is the power to make us walk right. It's the power to make us talk right. It's the power to make us live right. It's the power that helps us move right. It's the power that covers us. It's the power that keeps us. It is the power of a risen Savior. So the next time you find yourself in a situation. Just remember this little old preacher and remind yourself and begin declaring out of your mouth, I almost forgot, but now I remember. I can walk in the light of the God that I know and love and know with a surety that I will find help and comfort and hope in him. God bless you, Alpha Street, and may the Lord shine richly upon you.